Welcome to the Phil Nason Show, brought to you by PlayUp Sportsbook. PlayUp welcomes all bettors and offers the best prices on the market. They are also proud to be an official betting partner of the New Jersey Devils. Check them out online or in the App Store and see for yourself why PlayUp is your best bet. You're listening to a pre-recorded edition of the Phil Nason Show. The Phil Nason Show. Download us at your favorite podcast catcher, including iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, or Google Play. And please leave a review. You can follow Phil on social media at Cash with Flash and like our Facebook show page. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the Phil Nason Show. Welcome to the Phil Nation Show. I'm excited to have you here. Our mission, our goal, if you will, is to make you a smarter sports better. And I have a great NBA show planned for you today. PlayUp.com, PlayUp Sportsbook presents the Phil Nation Show. Head on over to PlayUp.com, sign up for an account, and find out why PlayUp is always your best bet. Our best bet is Tuesdays with Trevor from Big Tasty Sports, and he's on the line. What's happening, dude? Oh, man, not much. Just excited to be back with you today and uh, talk some more NBA. We've had a good time doing that lately. so We sure have, and, and I'm really thrilled to be included in your Saturday rotation for your Absolutely. podcast. I, that was a lot of fun Saturday. It was a ton of fun, man. I felt like uh, we found some great spots just by talking together about them. That's one of the great things about that show, so I'm glad you're willing to do it. Oh, of course I am always willing to help out a friend, especially someone who comes on my show and works as hard as you do. And by the way, your your cold streak looks like it's about over now. Yeah, man. Since uh, I took your advice and moved to Betstamp, it's been a good... I mean, you know, we're only on like day four, but I've been four positive days in a row, so I think we're moving the right direction. Well, yeah, the most important thing is that it's very stressful to provide content for people, especially when you know said people are tailing your picks. And if they lose, you feel bad. Exactly. And that's the difference between the honest handicappers and the dishonest ones, because the dishonest ones, they don't give a crap either way. They just want your cash. But... You're not like that. And I suggest that all of you sign up at betstamp.app. It sure beats chicken scratches on a website or on a notepad or whatever these some of these guys are out there doing. The best part about Betstamp, though, is that it's free and it's easy to access. People can follow you like they follow me. And you don't have to spend all your time owning your mistakes or even or praising your wins. People can just go to betstamp.app, follow you, and boom, there you go. It's a nice thing, but you know what's a nicer thing if you're a Cleveland Cavaliers fan today? And I was just talking to my buddy in Cleveland, and he's excited for Carice Levert joining the team. They got him for basically nothing, an expiring Ricky Rubio contract and a couple of picks. But that seemed like a big trade. For sure. Definitely a big one. Uh, I You knew that Cleveland wanted to try to add some guard depth with Colin Sexton being out and then Garland struggling with these back issues too, which, uh, you know, hopefully he'll be fine in the long run. But in the short term, they definitely 
need some some strength at the guard position and Karras definitely helps him in that in that respect I think he's a guy who is able to create his own shot it, you know usage can be pretty heavy for him at times I think he's a guy who likes to play with the ball in his hands mm-hmm. so he's going to be a support in terms of their scoring if you look here recently without Garland they've definitely struggled on the offensive end and he certainly can help them in that way the thing I'm curious about <clears throat> is once Garland is back with adding a guy who is so ball dominant, what that mix looks like down the stretch. Uh, If they're able to play together well, if there's a little bit of a battle back and forth for who's handling the ball, or maybe, maybe they work great together. Or even maybe at times we see Levert more of a six man role where he runs the, the second unit. I'm not sure how they'll plan to use him, but certainly they have adding him gives them better pieces than they had before the trade. I would think so. Um, I can see them bringing him off the bench. One of the reasons they did trade for him is his closeness with Colin Sexton. Those guys are very close. They've known each other since they were little kids. And I think that's going to help, you know, make that fit easier. You're right, though. Levert, he's a Michigan guy, dude. He's a Michigan basketball player. I'm a Michigan fan. And the thing is, is he is ball dominant. But that might take some of the pressure off Darius Garland, too. And, you know, Garland's still a young fella trying to figure things out. He's played great this season, um, and, uh, and he's an all-star, you know. But uh, at the end of the day, maybe this is just the start of another move they make. Maybe they package somebody with someone else and, and send a couple of guards off, depending on how he integrates with the team. But I also heard that one of the reasons they were going to trade for him in the first place is his willingness to accept less money so that Colin Sexton, can they can re-sign him. And if they do that, that team is going to be pretty good. And I think they're pretty good now, but they might be better. It'll be fun to watch. He'll take the floor, I think, tonight, right? Or tomorrow night, is it? I, I'm not sure if he's playing tonight or not. But Yeah, I'm not sure... I'm not sure about that either. I'd have to look up when he clears all the medical stuff okay, and is able to play. He's already cleared everything, so I think okay. the Cavs' next game is tomorrow night, right? Okay. Yeah, I believe so. I don't think they play tonight. No, if they did, I would have took them today because they. Yeah, you, right, right. You would have already been on it. Yeah, of course I would because you know I like the Cavs too. And Me too. I was Me disappointed too. though. You know what, Trevor? I was disappointed that Jared Allen got snubbed, but this is the way it is when. You allow the public, and they should vote for their favorite people. Yeah, he's been he's been amazing this year, and I was actually going to say that's another potential positive with this trade is that Levert and Allen have played together in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. because I think a big part of the success of the the Cavaliers is that ability to run the pick and roll with Allen toward the rim, and Garland's done that extremely well. But if you get another guy in there in Levert who has experience doing it already. And can run that with Allen as well. Uh, that that could be a, a part of the fit being really good here as well. Because Allen's definitely been phenomenal this year. Phenomenal. And, and that's a great point you made about the pick and roll. Because, you know, they can traipse out three seven-footers in their starting lineup. And all three of those kids can score. And when you have an extra ball handler and facilitator like Caris Levert in the lineup, you're going to see a lot of rim-banging kids. I'm looking forward to it. I think the Cavs are going to go a long, long way this year. They, they're hungry. The coach 
is excited to be there. You know, there are times, and I've been coaching for 38 years, there, not every single day when I went to the club or the courts or the tournament or whatever was I excited to be there. And I know that JB has had similar situations in other places. So he's really appreciative. And when you have the coach and the players all on the same page and these guys are young, they're hungry, it makes for a lot of fun because not every team in the NBA is either young or hungry or a combination of both. And I think we're going to get into this one right now with the Boston Celtics and the Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets are are a disaster, that's for sure. But they are they are six point home underdogs tonight, Trevor. Six points. Yes, they are. And, and you know, I I made this. I put this game in the Wolfline newsletter, but I don't have any problem talking about it and making a pick and sharing that with y'all. What do you like about this game? Because we're looking at two teams trending in the opposite direction. Man, you have never said anything more true than that. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I mean, isn't it interesting to think how the Nets came into this season as a prohibitive favorite, favorite to win the championship? And they they probably are still the betting favorite. They were when we talked about futures, whatever that was, a week or two ago. But they are trending horribly. I mean, it looks like James Harden doesn't really want to be there. Effort in the last game was non-existent. There's rumors floating around about him wanting to be out of there. There's trade rumors about he and Ben Simmons maybe being swapped. Harden's having hamstring problems again, which as an older guy, those don't necessarily go away as quickly. Uh, Kyrie can score, but you know, he, as you've said before, he doesn't seem to make teams better. He's not a leader on the floor. Durant's still out for a while. So this team, I mean, you just go on and on down the down the line. They are in rough shape on a chemistry level, on a personnel level, on a momentum level. And Boston is almost exactly the opposite. This is a team that has floundered along for most of the season. But in the last couple of weeks, it seems like they've found their stride, at least for now. And the biggest part of finding that stride is their defense. They've allowed under 100 points in six of their last eight games. And in their last five away from home, their defensive rating has been 95.7, which is just ridiculous. To give some context, if people don't know, the best defensive rating in the league for the season is probably around 102. I'd have to go look for sure, but it's been around that area most of the season. So we're talking about a defense that has just locked people down over the last couple weeks. So Boston comes into this game playing incredibly well on defense, playing a little bit up and down on offense, but not bad on offense. You know, they've had some really bad offensive games, and that hasn't been as true lately. They've more played okay to good <laughs> somewhere in that range. So Brooklyn coming back into this spot, we don't know if Harden's going to be playing. I, I will admit that when I looked at this line last night and saw that it was Boston minus six, I was... My initial response was, holy cow, I can't believe it's only six. Now, it's possible that Harden will play, and we actually saw the line go to four and a half and now back up to six. So it actually moved the other direction for a little bit. But I don't know how Brooklyn is going to score in this game if Boston continues the defensive output they've had recently. Man, you said a mouthful there. That's a fact. You know, you've got these teams. You know, the Nets have lost eight straight. And I remember when we talked about the Nets and, and their schedule with Durant out, and we both thought that they would be more successful on the road because part-time Kyrie would be playing. But 
It's just the opposite. And you can see when you look at the body language of the Nets players that they don't want to play with Kyrie. I don't think there's a single person on that team, including Kevin Durant, that wants to play with Kyrie Irving. I mean, why would you want someone who doesn't want to be with you? And it's pretty obvious that Kyrie is not interested in the Brooklyn Nets or any other team for that matter. He's been like that his entire basketball career, at least since college. He's never played a full season. And, you know, he doesn't help that team. That team needs stops. And Kyrie plays Matador defense. He always has. It's always about Kyrie. You look at his assists, he doesn't even pass the ball. I mean, I watched him the other night dribble for 20 seconds and shoot. And I'm thinking to myself, why would I want to play with him? And especially, why would James Harden? When he doesn't have to. He didn't sign up for any of these things. And Kevin Durant's hurt. I mean, that's the reason he came to Brooklyn was to play with his buddy Kevin. And those guys, when they're together on the court, they annihilate people at times. But this defense is horrific. Brooklyn is allowing 118 points per game over their last five. That is awful. That is just atrocious. And when you think about Boston, you don't think about an offensive juggernaut, but that's what they've been. They're scoring 112 points per game. That's a lot for them. Yep. And then again, as you mentioned, the defense, they've allowed 92 points per game over their last five. And what you said is true. How are they going to score? And, of course, we know that they will. They're NBA players. But when you look at their injury report, they're missing LaMarcus Aldridge. I know he's not a whole lot anymore. He's not the same guy he was with Portland, that's for sure. But he has the third highest usage rate on the team. Nick Claxton, he's got hamstring issues. He probably won't play tonight. Durant, we already talked about out Harden with the hamstrings, missed two games. They're missing Joe Harris. Kyrie is having a personal decision, and Paul Millsap was unhappy. He says, why do I want to play in this mess? If I want to watch a soap opera, I'll turn on General Hospital. And, and that's what you got here. And now you've got this Boston team, as you correctly pointed out, are just kicking the daylights out of people. They've won five straight, but more importantly, they cover. And, and that's a key thing. I, I'm trying to wait for this to pop up, but I think they've covered quite a bit in their last 10 games. And there's a, they're just too good for this team right now. Way too good. And I think that the best play tonight is the Celtics. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I will say I actually I made a play on the Celtics already at minus six. See? And I saw it, it, it might be out there at minus five and a half some places right now. Oh, and you know what? You grab it now. Or here, here's what will be fun. Is if James Harden is on the floor, they're going to, it'll be down to like two or three. And you'll be able to get that, too, because I don't think that Boston is going to beat this basketball team with James Harden, with Kyrie, and with Durant. I just don't see it. Not not tonight, anyway, because right. this Boston team is playing tremendous. Now, they dropped a couple games against the spread to Detroit, and they lost against the spread to Charlotte. It was 6.5 for Charlotte, 11 for Detroit. But then they covered. They've covered three of their last five and five of their last ten. But Brooklyn doesn't cover at all. I mean, I think that they're probably the worst team in the league right now. Eight losses in a row. Would you have been able to say that with a straight face? And I know I'm not a Brooklyn Nets fan, but I would never have thought that of this team losing eight straight. 
For sure. I agree with you. And I've actually had the same thought when I was watching a little bit of their last game. I thought, who does this team even beat right now? They're <laughs> they're just bad on every level. So I agree that they're in a rough. I mean, in games like this, it feels like the way that Boston doesn't cover is if they just don't show up because they know that Brooklyn's not playing well and they kind of take the night off. But they just have a lot of momentum working right now, and I think they understand that they didn't start the year well, and they need to keep things rolling to get to where they want to be. Absolutely. I, I completely agree with you. Um, bottom line is, I'm going with the Celtics. I'm not going to fool with that total because that's a lot of points, first of all, 216 for this game. But that being said, is if they don't play defense – and they being the Nets, and they don't have enough personnel to do play on both ends of the floor, it seems. They, it could go to 240. Boston could roll a bill on them by the end they of could. the third quarter. Yep. And that's what I was going to say is initially I was interested in the under when I did my first take on the lines. But seeing things like Brooklyn's allowed 110 or more in five of seven games at home since Christmas, the other two were 105 and 106. So even those weren't you know super low. So I don't know if I can trust that Brooklyn's going to keep the Celtics from scoring 115 to 120 on their own. No, I completely agree with you. Now, we also have this game at 9 o'clock Eastern. It's the New York Knickerbockers and the Denver Nuggets. Denver is an eight-point home favorite. The number is 219 and a half. And what are you thinking about this game right now? I know it's early in the day. This might not be as easy to call as the other one might have been. What are you thinking about in this contest? Well, first of all, I shouldn't be shocked that we're going to talk about the Knicks, right? We no, I'll never our, be shocked about that. Got to get our Knicks talk in. <laughs> when, we did, when we did the show together, and, and I'm going to continue because we did so well. I mean, people, have, if they tailed us on your show Saturday, they made money. For sure. And I was wearing my Knicks shorts, and I, and, but this week I'm going to honor you with a Minnesota Vikings hat. Oh, nice. I love it. I got one of the old school ones from my friend Jay, who was a quarterback there years and years ago, and I like it, so I'm going to wear it. But uh, enough of my uh, attire and my wardrobe selections for Saturday's podcast. What are we going to do here with this game? What do you like about this, besides the fact that it's the Knicks? Right. Obviously, I like that. So the Knicks are on a back-to-back here. And they're actually a team where that is not a bad thing. They're 5-2 and two against the spread this year on a back-to-back. So it's, it's kind of positive for them. Mm-hmm. They are coming in and playing a Denver team that's really hot. And Denver has almost done a total 180 from the beginning of the year where they, if they won games, it was because they played so well on defense. I remember earlier in the year for a while, they were holding, averaging holding teams under 100 at home. It was 99.2 or something. So they were a defensive team that won because they played good defense and really struggled to score. In their last 10 games or so, they've really turned that around, where now they're almost an offensive juggernaut. They've scored 115 or more in seven out of their last 10 games, but they're not playing as well on defense. (laughs) They're allowing more points to other teams. And so one of the things that I like here is – looking at that total, potentially looking at the over. And the reason is that the Knicks are a good defensive team, but they're not as good of a defensive team away from home. They they score more points and they allow more points away from home than they do when they're at the Garden. Uh, if you look at how many points they've scored in their last seven away from home, uh, two of those were under 100 points, but they do have 
104, 105, 111, 117. So they've scored okay. But the points they've allowed away from home is the really interesting thing to me because you know the Knicks better than I do. But when I think of the Knicks now, I think of a team that slows things down, plays good defense, doesn't allow many points. But in six of their last seven away from home, they've allowed 110 or more. And the 95 that they allowed was to Cleveland without Garland. So that was a team that didn't have much offense. So I like this as a spot because of how the Knicks play on back-to-backs where uh, the scoring should come pretty well with the way that Denver's been playing. And I I would look at the over here. In terms of the spread, I think it's a really tough call Uh, because Denver's playing great. But again, the Knicks do all right on back-to-back. So that spread is, is pretty big for my liking. I, you know what? I like the number that you brought up about the Knicks against the spread because they're not bad, you know. They really aren't bad at all. But they are like uh, 15, and or I'm sorry, they're 12-3 and three against the spread in their last 15 games playing on zero days rest. So for whatever reason, they cover. It's probably because Tibbs kills them in practice, and they usually do better. The other thing, too, is that Julius Randle, for whatever reason, only known to him probably, he seems to get up for games like this with Jokic, a guy like Nikola Jokic. I think he looks forward to that. The other thing that I'm really interested in here is the fact that New York is relatively healthy. I don't, Thibodeau doesn't believe in resting players, and, and that's fine. Now, the other thing that we have to wonder, I know this isn't a big thing, but it could be. Austin Rivers is questionable. Austin Rivers at least can handle the ball. They don't really have a point guard to speak of because they're all injured. But the other thing, too, is when you see a kid like Mitchell Robinson come off a game with 21 boards, he may not have that same success tonight. Right. I mean, he, he he's he's inconsistent is what he is. But Julius Randle scored 30 last night. Barrett had 23. Fournier had 16. Leave the spread alone. I got to leave this one alone. I just want to sit back and enjoy this. But you're looking at the total. You want to say over 219? Yeah, and I I haven't moved on that yet. I would also consider actually the Nuggets team total. Here's the other thing that I'm looking at is there's probably some negative regression here at some point, but for the Nuggets in their last eight games at home, they're averaging 121.1 points. So they're just on an offensive tear. Uh, And so that has me interested. But again, I'm still kind of thinking about if I want to do anything with it. Well, you know, that might not be a bad idea because over the last five games, the Knicks have allowed 114 points per game. That's a lot for them. Yeah. And Denver... Denver's allowed 111, but the Knicks aren't going to score that many. And, and that's a fact. They just aren't. They're not an offensive-based team. They they make their money at the free-throw line. Maybe Fournay knocks down a couple of triples, and whatever happens, happens. But in this case, I don't know what's going to happen here because the Knicks have only scored 110 points in their last five. And as you correctly pointed out, Denver's becoming this offensive juggernaut. And they've scored 116. The over looks good to me. The total looks good. And we'll have to wait and see about this total with this spread. I, I, I'm i a Knicks fan, but I ain't silly. I, I can't really back them, even though they have crushed it on back-to-backs. I don't know. I, I think I like the total better. I think that over looks really good, man. I think that's the one. And what I mean by over, I mean the team total for 
this uh, Denver team who seems to be scoring points, and that's a good thing because they're boring to watch without a Michael Porter yeah. and without Jamal. They're just boring. Nikola quits in games, too. Keep that in mind, folks. When you're betting on Nuggets games, especially if you're live betting, Nikola Jokic has a tendency to go away when things get really difficult or if he feels like the referees aren't treating him fairly. So you want to keep that in mind also. Now we've got one more game, the marquee matchup on TNT tonight. Milwaukee Bucks, Los Angeles Lakers. This could be interesting because the Lakers are a three-and-a-half-point home dog. And I don't see a total, but I'm sure it's probably too high. Yeah, let me... I don't see the total here for some reason. But that's okay. Go ahead and I'll figure out the total. You go ahead. What do you think about this game? Because to me, this has all the makings for a very interesting night. Yeah, it does. Hey, can you still hear me? I hear you perfectly. Okay, sorry. I had a quick technical difficulty there, so I had to double check and make sure. No worries, man. We're good. Go ahead. Tell us what we need to know. Great. So on this game, I do think it's an interesting spot. I often think we pay a tax to to take the Lakers because they're just a popular team. Mm -hmm. But having LeBron back definitely does matter. I mean, just in terms of the leadership on the floor, we've talked about AD not being the best floor leader before and what he brings to the table. They also are averaging five more points a game with him than without him this year. So he makes a difference on the statistical side, too. When you look at the Bucs, they're a team that I... I try to pick my spots with them because they're really inconsistent, Mm -hmm. very up and down. I mean, this is a team where you feel like they should be dominant every night, but they're just not. And so this isn't a team that I tend to trust, especially when they win a couple games in a row. It's like all of a sudden they'll have a drop off then. Um, You know, they've scored 137 points each of the last two games. And so you start to think, man, this is they've just got it rolling offensively. So it's only one other time, but I looked back at their game log and they scored 136 two games in a row once this year. And the following game, they scored 106. So if anything, to me, it makes me think that their their scoring might be overrated in a spot where they've scored 137 two times in a row. And I like the hard thing with the Lakers is Russell Westbrook to me, really. I mean, he's been so bad and you don't know how many minutes they're going to give him or if they're going to sit him at the end of the fourth quarter or play him. I think they're better off if they can sit him more, maybe play him in the spots where LeBron's not in and let him try to at least make something happen offensively, but that's not necessarily the way it's been going. So when I look at this game, I I would have some interest in the Lakers. I have a little bit of interest in the over, but for me, sort of like the last game for you, I don't see strong enough edges on either side that I'm excited to play something here. You know, that makes a lot of sense, too. The Bucks in their last five are scoring 121.8 points per game. They're allowing 112. Those numbers are interesting because that's far cry from what they were when they won the championship, especially on the defensive end. One of the things that we noticed, though, when we watched the Bucks, is how well they rebound as a team. And they're second in the NBA in total rebounds. And I know that Anthony Davis has missed a lot of time and LeBron's missed some time. But I still think that the Milwaukee team is a better defensive team than the Lakers. And I also think they're a better rebounding team than the Lakers. 
And that's probably where it all boils down. I know that the Lakers shoot a lot more because they don't have very good shooters, which is amazing to me. When you consider that LeBron James, if you put him around three-point shooters, he's going to do things because he kicks the ball out. He shares the basketball a lot of times. And to me, that is interesting. The one thing, though, I will say about the Bucks: if the Bucks can knock down triples and they shoot the fourth most in the NBA, they also make the fourth most. If they get hot like this against the Lakers, a Lakers team that's allowed 113 points per game over their last five while scoring 113 over their last five, I think it's church for them. Will they take it seriously, they being the Bucks, They don't need to win this game, but the Lakers do. This is a must-win for the Lakers. I know it's February and early, but when they're healthy, how often is that? How often is the, are these guys healthy together? they got to take advantage of it, make hay while the sun shines, and I have zero interest in this game other than maybe flipping it over while I watch my beloved Knicks play tonight. I love it, man. What you just said there about their need to do something when they're all healthy is so spot on because who knows if it even lasts through the night, let alone for a week or two or three. So you're right that this is an important spot for them to do something, but I'm with you and not trusting them to do it still. Oh no, you can't trust that team. You know, Anthony Davis, people call him glass, the daily fantasy guys. Cause but and whatever. I mean, he, he's very scrappy under the basket, and he gets hit a lot. But you can't count on him because, you know what, he could get his foot stepped on and miss 20 minutes of the game. You know, the, I've never yep. seen a guy leave more games than Anthony Davis. People say, well, he never misses a game. Well, no, but he just misses a lot of time during those games. How many minutes? I'll let me look and see. I'll tell you something. How many minutes did he play? He played 41 the other night. The one you want to watch for the Lakers, who's been on flipping fire, is Malik Monk. So if you're looking at this basketball game as something to bet on, I don't know. They haven't put the props up yet. It's still early. But Malik Monk, look at his scoring total because the Bucks aren't really that focused on defense. <laughs> and Monk is like the fourth option. And he's the second-leading scorer most nights when they're all together. So there's that. Great stuff today, man. Well done. Next week we can talk about the All-Star game, and we can talk about how to bet that game and the events or maybe not even do it. Whatever. Great stuff, man. Thanks. Make sure you tell everyone where they can find you. Make sure you brag about your podcasts, which are amazing, and everything we need to know to follow you. Awesome. Thanks, Phil. As always, a lot of fun to talk through this stuff with you. I look forward to talking about the All-Star game and not playing unders. Well, you never know. We'll see how high the total <laughs> is next week. But uh, So, yeah, I would love for people to check out. The biggest thing that I'm doing right now, I'm really trying to focus in on creating content on a daily basis that helps people to get the information they need to make good decisions about betting. So I do a podcast called The Breakdown, which as Phil said, he was on last Saturday and will be on this Saturday again, where we go game by game through the NBA slate, looking at data and trends and matchup issues and whatever else comes up. Phil brings a ton to the table in terms of the color he has on all these different teams. <laughs> and so, uh, so yeah, you can find that on 
uh, Apple Podcasts, pretty hopefully anywhere you get your podcasts, the breakdown it's called, or if you follow me on Twitter at NBA Attack, in my profile is a link to all that stuff. So we'd love to have you check it out. And we would love for you to do that too, to check him out because his work is fantastic. The guests that he has, except for me, are top shelf guys. I enjoy that. I learned a lot from watching that podcast the other day when the young fella who you had on there, he said, you got to win your bet twice. Not only yep. do you have to figure out who's going to win, but then you got to figure out who's going to play. And that's what's made the NBA so challenging. And great stuff. Get on over there and follow Trevor at M-B-A-T-T-A-C-K. And that's going to wrap it up for today's show. Man, we want to thank PlayUp Sportsbook for presenting this show. They provide the betting lines that we use and everything else to make your lives or your betting lives much easier. Head on over there. Sign up for an account at PlayUp.com and find out why they're always your best bet. All picks tracked are on BetStamp. All picks from this show, I should say, are tracked at BetStamp. Go over to BetStamp.app, follow the Phil Nation Show, and follow our progress. That sounds great, huh? I'm sure it does. And don't forget the Wolf Line newsletter. We were on fire yesterday. We're starting to bring it around. Had a tough week or two, but you can find that at Cash with Flash. Until next time, you all take care of yourselves. Be good. And most importantly, ladies and gentlemen, my mother thanks you, my father thanks you, my sister thanks you, and I thank you. Thanks for listening to The Phil Nason Show. Download us at your favorite podcast catcher, including iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, or Google Play. And please leave a review. You can follow Phil on social media at Cash with Flash and like our Facebook show page.